Hey guys, it's Shannon Robnett with the Real Estate Rundown, and I've got my friend Matt Dietz here with me, and I just wanted to reach out to Matt because Matt has been in the insurance field for a long time, and instead of get all of his credentials wrong, Matt, tell us about yourself. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Shannon. It's good to see you uh, virtually in this strange climate we're working in. It is a bit odd. Um, well, my name is Matt Dietz. I've owned a farmer's insurance agency for uh, for 15 years. I'm originally from Chicago, Illinois. Um, I moved around a little bit after school. I went to college at Western Michigan University. I worked out in New York. I studied to be a math teacher. I never taught one day of math. math um, I don't picture you as a math uh, teacher, Matt. No, I'm good with numbers. Like, like I'm very linear in the way that I think and numbers are like a second language to me. So that's kind of where the math comes from. But um, as soon as I started student teaching, I was like, I can't handle these kids and I don't want to work the rest of my life teaching high schoolers. So I, was, so how's the work so I, I bombed out of that. And <laughs> well, I went and I decided I liked working with college students instead. I got involved as a in some leadership programs when I was in college. And then I kind of took that train. I worked at a school in New York for a couple of years. And then I always wanted to live out West. We had family in Colorado and I loved the mountains. I loved the climate. And so um, I did a job search out West. I landed up at Washington State University and worked there for three years in Pullman, go Cougs. And that's where I met my wife, who's from Boise. And we moved down here in 2001. So that's my trek. Right, through four nice time zones to get me you here. get from Chicago to Boise. Nice. Yeah. All over the place. Yeah. So um, I wound up starting my agency in 2004. Um, I just, uh, someone told me I had a skill set to be, to, I never, I didn't grow up wanting to be an insurance agent. You know, I just, I didn't really, really know what that meant. Um, but I got to a point in my life where I was in my early thirties and I kind of needed to make like the decision. Like I don't want a job. I want a career. You know, I, I got lucky. I I landed with farmers, and I have a skill set and uh, some experiences that have treated me well, and and I, I I love what I do, and I'm gonna keep doing it. So, and I landed with a great company too. So everything kind of lined up. Well, it definitely shows, Matt, that you're. I mean, I think one of your skill sets is is just being personable, you know, and and being approachable and. You know, I, I mean, I, I was a guest on your podcast a couple of years ago, and I just see your community yeah. outreach and your, you know, really your others mindedness as far as, you know, educating and as far as promoting small business other than your own. And I've just, I've always seen that as being a great strong point of yours. My podcast about real estate and right. you're in insurance. Now, obviously we work together on some stuff, but what is your interpretation? I mean, what do you really think that you have to offer the the, the real estate person that's in, in the fix and flip and the investments and multifamily. I mean, what, how, do, how, does, how do you fit into that? We offer, obviously we've got products. So I've got 15 years of, of experience and, and you just mentioned like three or four different things that all require like different kinds of insurance, right? So when I first started, we really sold homeowners policies because that's all I really knew. But over the course of time, I've had to learn what it means to protect a home that's vacant. That's a different type of policy than a home that's lived in. What about a home that's bought for an investment property and it's, and it's rented out and you have 
you have tenants. Well, that's a different type of policy too. What about a flip? Well, how is a house covered when it's being flipped and it's being demoed or their major, you know, a reconstruction product? That's a different product too. What about multifamily? What about an apartment complex? These are all different types of risks in the eyes of the insurance industry. They're all rated differently. They're all kind of scored differently. And we've just done so many of them over the years that, that we know how to direct our clients. We know how to get that coverage uh, in there properly. We have conversations with them um, to make sure we're doing it right. Because um, not everybody does it right. And this is something you don't want to get wrong. So yeah, yeah, we, we really do our due diligence with all of our clients to make sure we're covering them properly by asking the proper questions and filling in the holes and putting the policies in force. So right. what are some of the common misconceptions about insurance as it pertains to real estate? Well, that's a good question too. There are quite a few, honestly. I think what I have learned in my daily interactions with my clients is there is like the general public believes is covered on, on a homeowner's policy or any sort of prop policy covering property. And there's actually, then there's the actual policy itself. And there's a huge gap sometimes between what people believe is covered and what is actually covered. And what I want to do is help fill that gap, which is why I push out so much content. Cause I, I'm the one having the painful conversations with my clients that are calling me and saying, you know, I have water in my house. It's from a slow leak. There's mold. Uh, it's been going on for months and I have to be the one to tell them that there's no insurance policy in the world that covers a slow leak, you know, or there are very few of them. Excuse me. Let me back that up. It's very rare. And mold is generally excluded. So there are three main things that are generally excluded from most of these policies, almost all of them. You know, wear and tear is a hard exclusion. Faulty installation is an exclusion from your policy. And neglect, like all of these things aren't, aren't going to be covered. And there are a lot of, pe a lot of people know that, but there are also a lot of people that, that don't know that. And slow leaks are, are a major pain point. So if you have a slow leak happening in a bathroom and it causes, you know, some dry rot in the floors and it's behind the wall, it's kind of the silent killer. I think it's a raw deal, to be honest with you. Um, but that's generally excluded from, from, from all of these policies. Right. Um, and that's tough. But farmers, the company I'm with just released an endorsement last year that does cover limited water leak coverage on their on their personal lines, homeowners policies, which I think is incredible. So is that 20 to 30. So that's, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's only eligible for homes that are newer than 20 years old. Okay. And, um, you know, I put it on my policy the day it came out just because I've seen slow leaks cause so yeah. much damage that's not covered over time. And so, yeah. So it's important for, for anybody who's putting together a policy like this, it's not just covering the building and it's not just covering your stuff. There are dozens of different types of coverages inside that you need to be aware of that are optional. Right. Do you want this? Do you want that? So that's why you have an agent, you know. To well, and that's, that yeah, and that's something I remember when I was, you know, starting in on my real estate journey, you know, many years ago. And I just thought insurance was insurance. And you just, you know, you called somebody and you said, hey, give me insurance. And they gave you insurance. And, you know, sure. then you had insurance and you were insured and everything was covered and everything right. was done. And it's really not like that. Uh, you know, I, I insure bare ground. I, I have, you know, I have umbrella policies. I have, you know, all kinds of different levels of insurance because there's some that 
provide better protection dollar for dollar in an umbrella than they do elsewhere. And so, so right. I know that in my, in my, and, and I'll, I will be honest, my limited understanding of insurance that I've had to have uh, taught to me, I, I do know that, that my, my first concepts of insurance are definitely wrong and one size does not fit all. You're dealing with all different kinds of people. You're dealing with business owners, you're dealing with homeowners, you're dealing with, you know, real estate professionals. What have you seen in not just successful people in general, but or insuring with you that are successful in real estate, what do you see them consistently doing? You know, I see them doing the work, doing the due diligence, asking the smart questions, finding mentors, things like that are where I have found kind of the people that, that I respect and that are doing well in the community and continue to grow in, in value and, and create more value for the people that they're working for. Um, they, and, and my experiences with them, like I've had with you is, is we sit down and have conversations and my conversations with my clients are usually limited to insurance, but, but I'm a curious guy too. So you and I might sit down and talk about something completely different because I want to learn what you know about maybe real estate and you might want to know a little bit more about what, what I know about, you know, insurance and things like that. So I have found that the people in real estate are, uh, that are doing well, they meet with me regularly from an insurance standpoint because we go through their policies regularly. You know, if it's not annually, it should be at the most every other year. These commercial policies where we insure apartment complexes or fourplexes, they have automatic increases and there are things that are automatically going to step up every year all by themselves if you don't if you don't do anything with them. And that's because construction costs go up and, right. and, and things like that. But there are times, Shannon, where construction costs don't go up like 10 years ago, right? When things weren't going up, but these policies were still going up. Right. And so we needed to dig in there and change that, which you can do. So and the other thing is too, our policies aren't static. Sometimes we roll on new coverages. Sometimes there are coverage changes. It's important for people like you to know, you know, how, what the changes are, what's new, and uh, so that we can build the policy that's, that's proper for you. So I'd say people that are just really involved or, or they have their, uh, you know, what's important about their business being managed by people that they trust. Right. Um, so in the event of a claim or something like that, I just don't ever want a surprise, you know, yeah. and neither do my clients, you right. know, so, well, so that's my goal. I think one of the things that I've seen you do, so successfully in your business that I see a lot of real estate people doing theirs and that's their networking. You know, that's, that's reaching out to people and providing a value regardless of uh, a transaction. And, you know, right. I found, I've watched you be very interested in giving education because it doesn't matter if they're a farmer's client or not. It doesn't matter if they're a Matt Dietz fan or not. They still need the education for whatever it is they do. But what tends to happen is people that have that education tend to come back to the source they got it from. Why go talk to one person and then go get your insurance at Geico, you know, right. um, or, or something That's else. And so, so I, you know, I see that. And, you know, so that kind of leads me to my next question is how does that networking, how does that, how does a real estate person take advantage of the contacts or the, the context of their relationship with their insurance agent to further their business? The growth of their business? How can, how can somebody use their insurance agent to? Yeah. To I mean, just, just as you've grown yours, I mean, you have, you've grown yours by helping others. 
Yeah. What is it? What is it that you see other agents, other in real estate developers, real estate people doing that they could grow their business by by working with you? For someone like me, I, th I think I'm a little bit unique in my industry. I don't think there are a lot of agents that are doing kind of what I'm doing. And not just the educating part, but like, you know, I love tech and like, I like using, um, you know, everything that's available to us in, in regards to video. And I got, I run two podcasts and I've networked in the Valley for 15 years. And uh, what I learned early in my career was I really enjoyed um, being a connector with people and connecting people with others who will find value. So, cause I know that, you know, it's the, it's the giver's gain philosophy. If I give you something, I, I believe there's an inherent human reaction where you are going to want at some point, not immediately, but at some point to repay the favor. You know, if I gave you a book that I thought you would love, you would read it. And then you would probably think of a book that you think would be good for me. And you'd give me a book or something like that. But I've built, I have a network, I have a pretty big network. And so I think, I think people will reach out to me. We'll have, we'll have conversations. I do a podcast where I interview local business owners and I'm always asking the question I like to ask is, you know, who do you need to meet to any professional? And, and they'll tell me it's rare that I don't know somebody that would be a good connection for them just because, just because I've interviewed over a hundred really good local business owners and, and I love connecting people. I like doing favors for people that way. Um, I think it's just, it's a kind thing to do, but it's also smart from a business standpoint too. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, and then, you know, that kind of leads me to the next one. I mean, you answered a lot of that, but your whole approach to business makes you stand out from everyone else. I mean, I, I don't know, you know, I, I hear everybody's wanting to do a podcast these days and I, I, I do have to admit, I did jump on that bandwagon some 180 episodes after you started or something like that. But <laughs> But, you know, I, I saw that there was a need for that uh, education in our marketplace. But, you know, where you've stood out from your peers by taking that tech, embracing that podcast, what has that really done to grow your business? Gosh, it's been great. Part of it is I just really enjoy, I, I do it for, for many different reasons. One. Is it's it's fun for me. Two, it doesn't cost anything really. It's free. Um, three, it I want to position myself as the expert in my field. And what better way to do that than just give out information that is good for the general public that I have seen people need to have, you know. And then the fourth is is networking and getting because networking with the right people and helping those people will only end up being good for your business. Now, it doesn't necessarily create an immediate return, um, but I'm not, I don't need immediate return anymore, Shannon. I'm 15 years deep. Um, this isn't a, this is a long play. You know, this isn't something that I would have done in my first year and expected to reap, you know, a lot of business from. I also needed to feel like an expert in my field and it's not something I could have done in the first few years. That's, that's what I would have thought. It would have been a short podcast with a very short list of guests. <laughs> right. Yeah. As, as would mine it, have been 20 years ago. Yeah. So. You know, it took me probably about 10 years to really, really feel like, you know, I was an expert in insurance. I put my 10,000 hours in or whatever, however you want to put it. Um, 
but after about 10 years, I felt like I could handle any situation. I could have any conversation as uncomfortable, you know, as you could imagine with a client, I could handle any situation with a staff member. You know, I, I, I did it. You know, I, I got to a point where I'm comfortable and I, I don't, I'm not afraid of anything in my business and I can answer any question or I can find the answer for you, you know, so. Um, so all of those things from a podcasting standpoint, I can kind of put on display, I guess. And I enjoy doing it. I've had enough practice. I'm comfortable with it. Um, and I like building and creating too, you know, and so that all that adds up really well for me. And yes, I've, I've made great relationships with really great people. Um, I've written insurance from people that I've met. Uh, these people have become referral sources for me. Um, and it's built a lot of trust with people that I don't even know yet. So all that adds up to just a good move. You know, you've been behind the desk for 15 years. You've been writing policies for 15 years. You've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. What would you say it, it would be your piece of advice to somebody that's getting started in real estate and they're looking for their first agent? They're looking for, you know, what, what kind of advice would you give them as to what to do and what not to do? You know, I'd want someone who's at least been in the business for five years. You know, I don't want to say that that newer agents aren't good because that's that's not that, you know, but I will tell you that the percentage of agents that don't make it out of their first year is like two out of three. All right. So, you know, you want to have a relationship with this person, you know, three years. I don't know how many ages, less than 10 percent make it to, to their third year. So you get an agent that's made it five years they have the work ethic and they're, they're starting to build their, their base of knowledge and they've proven that they have some staying power and, and they're good at what they do. It's not easy to get five years in any industry, but this industry in particular. Um, so I would start there. I say there, there are three things that people look for when it comes to insurance. One is price. Price is always going to be a factor. You do and what I do. Two is, is coverage. Um, what kind of policy um, and I'll tell you, Shannon, most insurance policies are like, they're like 95% written in the same language with like a different logo on the top, right? Boom, this one's State Farm. Boom, this one's Allstate. Boom, this one's Farmers. But there's, there's, there's 5% in there where there are some bells and whistles that may or may not be important, you know, to you. Like that slow leak endorsement I was telling you about earlier. We're the only one that kind of carries something like that right now. Right. Um, so coverage is the other thing. And the third one is service. And service is the big X factor. It's really the only thing that I can control as an agent that can differentiate myself from the other 50 farmers agents in the Valley. You know, am I going to give better service? And honestly, I don't think it's hard to give a great service. I just think it requires returning a phone call sometimes. And sometimes, Shannon, how hard is it to get a phone call returned sometimes? I'm, I'm almost impressed when I get a return phone call these days. Isn't it funny? People, it drives me nuts. So at least find someone that's going to return your call and answer your questions. Because at the end of the day, I feel like I work for my clients. Um, even though they don't pay me directly, I get paid indirectly, you know, but but they deserve a return phone call and they, they, they deserve an answer to the questions they're asking and they deserve to be covered properly. And well, so, I mean, I it's a really strong indicator. I can definitely attest to your ability to return a phone call. I, you are quoting some insurance for me now. Uh, and we've talked on the phone several times and it's always within the day that I get a call back from you. Yeah, and, yeah. And you know, the funny thing is uh, to your point, 
Matt, that is becoming rare. You know, no. I get a text, I'll call you later. Can I call you back? And then there's no call back. I mean, it's just, you know, it's bizarre, Ugh. but you're, you're really right. And, and the other thing that you hit on there is just the human factor of, of being available to your people and being, being able to show them that, Hey, you know what? I value your business. I value you as a person. I will return your phone call. We've talked, we've had coffee a couple times. I mean, we've done things without having to, you be my agent or me be your builder because we understand that, hey, you, there's value in just who you are in the community. And right. I think that that's something that's missed a lot. And, and it reflects, you know, a, a lot in, in the price. You can get Geico at two o'clock in the morning off your app. You can get farmers at two o'clock in the morning off your app. But at 8 a.m. when you sure. need to talk to somebody, you're going to be on hold with Geico and you're going to be able to talk to Matt, you know. And, and yeah. I've always known that about the agents that I've worked with, that they need to be available. And I think that that's important. And, you know, when you're just focused on price, you're not – you you're not going to get the service. You've got now, to tell you, looking at that, at that equal playing field of where you're getting the service to go with the, with the product. Yeah. I'll tell you two quick stories. One early in my career, I was asking people what, when I was quoting people's business, I'd say, you know, why are you shopping your insurance? It's the question I still ask today. And I heard the, the answer, well, my agent never calls me back. I heard it again and again and again and again. And I was just floored. And so very early in my career, I made a vow to never, ever be that agent, ever. Like, it's, like people are leaving agents that don't return phone calls. Why aren't you returning phone calls? It drives me crazy. So whenever I get into my office, if there's a message on my desk, I'm dialing the phone number as I'm booting up my computer, right? Right. It's just, it's just, it's a terrible excuse. And then actually, story that happened, what's today? Say when's Tuesday? When, Tuesday. Tuesday. <laughs> Sunday morning. Sunday morning at 8.30 in the morning, my phone rings in my house and it's one of my bigger clients. And I know something's wrong, right? He's not calling me at 8.30 on a Sunday morning to say, how are you? I'm like, oh man, something's up. Anyway, he calls me, he's in the food service business. He's like, Matt, uh, one, of my, one of my employees has tested positive for COVID-19 what do I do? You know, and I took the call and I spent 15 minutes on the phone with him and we put some things and I, we had a, we had about a 15 minute conversation and not, he knew I was there for him, but I answered the call, you know, yeah. I didn't have to, it was Sunday morning. Well, and, but I felt and Matt, were you, were you able to answer all of his questions or was there stuff that needed to be answered by headquarters on Monday? Yeah. You know, I kind of greased the wheels. There was some yeah. stuff that I knew and then there was some stuff I didn't know, but I assured him that I would get him the answers on the stuff I didn't know on Monday and, you know, helped him as best they could under the circumstances. Yeah. So. And that's, and that's exactly the customer service that, that goes with it. And that's, that's really how you build great business. You know, I, I'll tell you, uh, Matt, when, when I came in and I did your, the podcast with you and, and we talked about some stuff and we got along great. Uh, I think we did a great podcast. Um, yeah obviously better than this one because of the practice you've had, but, but I'll, I'll get there. I just, just bear with killing me. it. But uh, you know, and then, and then we've kept in touch and everything. And I'll tell you, you know, the thing that you did was you asked me, you asked me for my business. You didn't, mm -hmm. you didn't say, Hey, you did my podcast. Uh, so I, give me a shot at your business. You didn't say anything. Then what you did was you came back to me and you said, Hey, listen, I know that you're going to come up for renewal and I'd really like a shot at that. Is there any way I can, I can quote you. And I was like, yeah. well, sure. You know, it's one of those, you don't get it if you don't ask. Right. And so right. 
just putting that out there and just saying, hey, you know, I, and, and I already knew after, after having coffee with you and, and doing, doing the podcast, just all the things that we'd done, I already knew if I called, I was going to get an answer from you on something that didn't involve business or money. So right. I definitely knew I could trust you to take the call when I was paying the policy to your company. So, you know, that right. was just kind of my perspective on, on, on how that's coming about. Matt, I want to I thank you for your time. And I want to finish with this one question because I think uh, everybody right. has it a little bit different. But Matt, what does wealth mean to you? The power to, to be able to choose. Uh, what we're all striving to try and achieve is get to a point where we can, we can put good back in the world. We can take care of the people that we love. We can give you know, our children and our families the things that, that we want them to have and have better lives than, than we have. Uh, we want to give back to the community um, and help others you know, thrive. You know, it's hard to do when you're paycheck to paycheck. You know, if you're talking about wealth from a financial standpoint, if you, if you have the ability to have enough money, you can make all the, you can do all of those things, you know, and take care of yourself. So bring joy to, to your world too, you know, take care of yourself and, and do the things that you want to do and, and, and have fun. I think they're, I think that's an important role too. So taking care of others, taking care of your family, being selfless, and having fun. I don't know, wrap all that up in a package and that's what wealth means well, to me. You know, Matt, then I have to say, uh, my friend, you are well on your way because I see you giving back to your community. I see you giving back to your fellow business people. I see you always with a smile on your face. So, I, you know, that might, you may not be at the end of where you feel that is, but I can honestly say from my perspective, you are well on your way to being a wealthy man as you describe it. So thank you with that guys. I want to thank you for joining Matt uh, Dietz and I here on the, the real estate rundown with Shannon Robnett, and we will catch up with you guys next time. Thanks again.